Every day she turns a new page. What we invest in our kids will be passed on to theirs. Thank, thank you very much for that attempt at singing. <clears throat> you probably should have waited till after the sermon. I've struggled to land this message today all day long, so uh, we'll wait and see on the deal. Uh, they've been giving me something every time I've come out, and uh, this time it's multivitamins for the mature male. Uh, uh, one, one of the hours they gave me a whole pack of Depend diapers uh, on the deal. I, I don't know why. I'm 29. I don't know why that, and that's the story I'm sticking with. Um, but thank you guys. Thank you very much for being gracious and honoring them. Hey, uh, this morning when you came in, you're going to take just a few moments, uh, you received a magazine. And in that magazine, I wrote a letter to everybody. Uh, the problem is, after I, uh, the letter went to print and got in the magazine, and I read it, and I said to myself, I must really be getting old, because that's grumpy old man letter there. And uh, so here's what, don't bother reading the letter. It's a grumpy old man letter, and uh, I scared myself uh, when I read it. Um, but let me capsulize what I tried to say uh, in the letter uh, to you in, uh, right now, and then you won't have to read the letter. Uh, financially right now, we, we are in a really, really tough spot. If, if it was a teeter-totter, if it was a somersault, the wrong end has gone down. And uh, at the current trajectory where we find ourselves uh, financially, that if something significant doesn't happen now, uh, we're probably uh, three weeks away, two to three weeks away from serious layoffs on our staff. Uh, which simply means there will be people who right now you and I are used to having in the room, people that we love deeply, deeply, and can't even imagine not having here at our church who will have to lay off. And we will have to shut down ministries, period. So ministries that you and I have become accustomed to, ministries that we think are, we will have to shut them down. That's where we are uh, financially. And we're probably two to three weeks away from those types of decisions. We've already done one layoff. This would be round number two. So here's the deal. If you're in the room right now and you're pre-Jesus, you're just even trying to figure out who God is, I'm not even talking with you. The truth is the most important thing you could do right now is figure out God in your life, and I'm not going to talk to you about money in the midst of that. Figure out God. And some of you are in the room right now and you're, you're visiting. You're just trying to figure out if Cornerstone's your home or not. We want to give you time to figure that out. This conversation is not for you. Take the time you need. You've got two weeks to figure this out. No, I'm too... Okay? So we get it. We get it if you're a visitor. 
And you also need to hear me say, if you're in the room and you're a tither, in other words, you give 10% of your income, which is what Scripture is pretty clear about and talks about, then in this present economy, as far as I'm concerned, you're a hero. You're being faithful. You're doing exactly what God required. Good for you. And I'm not going to ask tithers to do anything else. I'm not. But who I need to talk to in the room is the rest of us, which is a lot of us. And simply say, if you haven't gotten there yet, if you haven't arrived at the tithe yet, could you, could you right now move $100 closer to the tithe? $100 a month. Could you move $100 closer to tithing now? Which simply means this. Could you leave this afternoon, leave this service today, when you get home, go on the internet, go to our website as a church. There's a place for you to be able to do automatic withdrawal, sign up. So if you, if you would say, hey, I think I already give $100 a month, then I'm asking you to go to two. I'm asking you to move $100 closer to tithe as a family right now. Could you do that? Your bank may have auto bill pay type thing. Do it. I don't care. But the reason I'm asking you for auto withdrawal or auto bill pay, you understand, is we can't do this for four weeks and then be right back where we are again. We need to make sure this is going to happen consistently so we're not right back in this same peril again. So I'm just asking, could you leave this place today, move $100 closer to the tithe? But here's the second ask I'm going to ask us today. For all of us that are followers of Christ, you've been around for a while we all know that this is an area of our life that somewhere, sometime, we need to bring into obedience. We, we need to get, the, we, can't go, we can't go our whole Christian lives being disobedient in this area, right? What if we were to covenant together today that in the next 24 months, we were going to get ourselves to being tithers? That, that we just said, look, I, 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 I can't go 10 more years not obeying this, and, and two years is plenty of time. In the next 24 months, I'll bring this place, this area of my life, into obedience, into subjection for Christ, which would simply mean this. Six months from now, could you be at two and a half percent? A year from now, could you be at five percent? What if we committed ourselves together that within 24 months, we would be obedient about this issue? Did you know that if, if we tithe, I would never talk to you about money again? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to. If we tithe, there would be no flood campaign because we would pay cash for those buildings if we tithe. So what does it mean if you and I made a covenant together that in the next 24 months, we'll get ourselves there? We'll bring this part of our lives into obedience. So go home today, can you move $100 a month closer? Every one of us, and guys, every, it, every one of us, can we move $100 closer? And then in 24 months, come in full compliance. Could we do that? Okay, so it's up to you. Here's what I will say. It is critical enough in this moment, it is tight enough in this moment, that if your answer, if, if our answer is no, every one of us will feel it. Every one of us will feel it. It'll change the trajectory of our church if our answer is no. Okay? All right. 
So there you go. Now you want to applaud and sing happy... No, I'm teasing. All right. So, okay. So we're talking about parenting uh, together today. And here's the thing that I want us to tackle. Here's the conversation that I was hoping uh, that you and I could have together. If I could teach my kid only one lesson, if I could only land one thing, what would it be? What's the thing that they need to leave my home believing, knowing, understanding so that they're prepared to do life? And and I'm going to suggest, you ready? It's the issue of honor. That that if, if I can only teach my kid one thing, if there was only one lesson that I could land as a parent within the life of my child, it would be this issue of honor toward authority in my life. How many of you, when you were kids and you were growing up, there was a moment in which your uh, mother said to you, because I told you so. How many have ever heard that? Okay. Uh, your father at some point said, because I'm your dad. Okay. And in that moment, if you're like me and most of us, we just wanted to go, that's the stupidest answer. I mean, that's just a horrible, horrible, I hate that answer. And how many of you swore, I will never give that answer to my kids. Okay. I get it. It, it, It's deeply frustrating when you say, look, 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 you don't have a good reason, you don't have an explanation, you don't… Stop and think about the moment, though, for a minute. When your mom said to you, because I said so, when your dad said, because I'm your father, weren't they in that moment trying to say, and because I'm your mother, because I'm your father, there is a minimum level of honor that that position requires from you. And yeah, I could explain. I mean, I could tell you why you need to carry out the trash before you start watching cartoons or why you need to do your homework before you go. I could explain that to you, but at the end of the day, chances are your nine-year-old heart would probably disagree with me even if I explained. Or we could take a vote. We could say, okay, uh, how many are for carrying out the trash now? Raise your hand. How many are for carrying out your trash later? Raise your… It'd be one-to-one. And in that moment, weren't our parents actually trying to say, this isn't about a vote. This isn't about you agreeing with me. This is about the fact that I am your mother and I am your father. And with that role comes a minimum level of honor required. What if? What if that understanding that by the very nature of the position of a parent, the position of being mom or dad, requires honor from children is the most important lesson you and I can ever teach our child. And you go, Lynn, wait, 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 wait. Why, why would that be? What? Remember we said that you're in my role is to start with children here. We start with them helpless and defenseless, and, and really our parenting style at the very beginning is one of isolation and one of protection. Safety is the highest commodity. But that our 
stewardship, our responsibility is to prepare our children to be out from under our parenting, to be out from under our tutelage, that we're supposed to not isolate them from life, but instead prepare them for life. We're supposed to get them insulated, not so that they never have a storm, but that they know how to live in the storms of life. Here's why this issue of honor is so vital in the lives of our children. There will come a moment after our children are gone, after they leave us, in which our young people will encounter Scripture. See, they'll be off in college and all their peers will be going to the party. They'll be in the midst of business and all the other salesmen will be lying in order to get the contract. They'll be living inside of a neighborhood in which multiple men are having relationships outside of their marriage. And in that moment, they'll look at Scripture and they'll say, you know, God didn't understand when he wrote that verse. God, God, God didn't get what it was going to be like to be in college. God, God didn't understand what it was going to be like to be married to my spouse. And, and I think I'll take a pass. And in that moment, you ready for this? In that moment, you and I have to have prepared our children, tomorrow's adults, to be able to look at Scripture and go, I do hate that verse. I, I don't like that answer. And if I get to cast a vote, if I, get to, if I get to say whether or not I think that's a good idea, my vote's no. But you ready? You ready? But my vote doesn't count because God said so. See, the most important lesson that you and I may end up teaching our children that end up helping them navigate the toughest moments of life is that when somebody who is in spiritual authority over you says so, you do it. Now, this is hard for us. Here's why. Because you and I grew up in the shadows of Watergate. See, you and I have had presidents look across the picture tube at us and say, I did not, only to find out a couple weeks later they did. See, you and I have watched televangelists live their lives poorly and absolutely decimate their congregations. You and I have seen the leaders of Enron cook the books. And truth be told, one of the reasons you and I are in this economic crisis that we're in right now is probably bad leadership. And so where it's landed, most of us, is to say, no, 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 no. Don't you dare ask me to trust a leader until that leader earns it. I'm okay if they show themselves to be worthy of me, if they show themselves to be dependable, then maybe, 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 maybe. But leaders need to earn leadership. 
Hey, hold that true in your family for a minute. What do you do in the moment when your nine-year-old looks and says, I just think you're off your rocker, Dad. I, I think you've made a mistake, Mom, and because you haven't had enough time with me and I don't trust you enough about this, and besides the fact, you are really, really old. I think you're like 34, and you've forgotten what it's like to be 11. And therefore, I just don't trust your leadership. You get where that lands. Maybe one of the most valuable lessons that you and I ever, 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 ever teach our children is positional leadership. Honor. Honor because you are my dad. Honor because you are my mom. Honor because you are the police officer. Think about this for a moment. Think about you're, you're leaving here and we're all hungry and so you decide, you know what? I'm beating everybody out. So the second uh, that last song, heading for the doors, getting to the parking lot, going to cut off about three other people on my Christian way to lunch. And... Uh, I'll pray for the meal. Don't worry about it. So you're, you're heading to Paradise Bakery, and on the way to Paradise Bakery, trying to beat the rest of us, you know, you're pushing the speed limit just a little bit. Woo, 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 woo. Police officer gets off his motorcycle. He's got the reflecto glasses. Got his boots up to his knees, and they're all shiny. It's probably his first day on the job. And he comes up to the window and he goes, you know how fast you were going? And, he, and he, yeah, I, I think maybe seven over. It seems a little picky for you to be stopping me seven over. You were going 12 over. Well, no, I'm, I'm pretty I looked down. The moment I saw you, I looked down and said, no, 12 over. Give me your license. Give me your registration. Goes walking back to the motorcycle. And you're thinking to yourself, this guy's, this guy's, He's a jerk. I am, wow. Just trying to get Paradise Bakery. Comes walking back up to the car, goes, uh, you realize your registration's out of, uh, it's not current. He goes, well, yeah, I know, it's August, it just expired, it's a couple days out, you're right. Uh, no, right, yep. Really? Oh, and uh, by the way, I need to see your insurance card. I just got it in the mail, I promise. I just got it in the mail. And, and, and by the time he hands you the tickets, you're going, look, this, this, this guy is just so over the top. I mean, wow, wow. And so he hands you your stack of tickets. And, and in a moment, it's maybe not the greatest moment of your life. That'll be a ticket for littering. You go to the judge, and here's what you explain to the judge. You go, look, seven over. Come on, anybody else would have given me grace. My registration had just, exp I mean, this guy, this guy, I don't know if he was trying to make a name for himself. I don't know if he wanted to have something to tell the guys over donuts back. I don't know. But if you had had this, he was so out of line. He was so over the top. That's why I ripped those tickets up. That's why I threw them on the ground. The truth is you should dismiss the whole thing.
Anybody want to guess what the judge is going to do in that moment? He's going to say to you, an officer of the court pulled you over. And he may have been. He may have been over the top. He might even have been a little bit rude. He, he may have been overzealous. But at the end of the day, he was a police officer, and you didn't treat him accordingly. See, if every one of us decided the only time we had to obey the law or the only time we had to obey a police officer was when they had earned our respect, we'd all be driving 90, wouldn't we? And what if, what if, what if one of the most important lessons we ever teach our children is to honor those in authority in their lives? So you say, well, Lynn, you know, what does that look like? Grab your Bibles real quick. Go with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 13. And if you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and then we're going to work to the left, you're going to find this book of Romans chapter 13. While you're going there, let me set up so you get the gist of what it means for this verse to have been written. Christians are living under Roman rule. Rome, as a whole, has absolutely rejected Christianity. And you guys have seen the movies. You've heard the stories. I mean, there is debauchery going on everywhere. In just a few short years, they're going to start taking Christians and putting tar on them and lighting them on fire. They're going to start taking them to the Colosseum and throwing them down into pits with lions. Uh, These guys have done nothing to earn respect. And yet, here's what God says. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Everyone, everyone must submit themselves to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment upon themselves. You get what the verse is in essence saying, look, 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 look. It's great when a leader earns your respect. It's great when a leader fills the shoes of leadership. But you get that that's not the requirement. Sometimes you and I are required to simply honor because of the position. And that one of the things that God's going to ask you and I to instill in the lives of our children is, I'm going to ask you to honor me as mom and dad because someday I won't be in the room. And someday you'll face a critical decision in life and you're going to need to honor God simply because he's God. And if you haven't learned this lesson in your life, you'll fail the test on that day and potentially change the trajectory of your life. So I'm going to require, going to require, require, because I said so, because I am your dad, because I am your mom, is an answer. It may not be the one you wanted, but it is an answer. So how does this work? How, does, how, how do you and I instill this into the lives of our children? There's an amazing passage in the book of Proverbs which simply says this, 
The beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. Now, that's an interesting passage because you'd go, wait, wait a minute. Isn't God supposed to be my friend? And, and, and doesn't that sound a little weird to fear God? I, why would that be? And God says, no, 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 no. That's not the end. It's the beginning. It's the first conversation we're going to have. And if for no other reason, you need to understand and honor me for the very simple fact that when you do wrong, you'll get a spanking. How many of here have figured out that when you disobey God, God spanks? How many have figured that out? Okay. If, if you haven't landed that discussion, if you haven't gotten there yet, you're going to be surprised. Because at the end of the day, when you disobey, God spanks. God says, hey, the very beginning of understanding is to fear the Lord. So remember last week when we had this discussion, we said, hey, there are, there are beginning issues. There are toddler conversations, toddler things that we navigate with our children. And if the fear of the Lord is a beginning conversation, then fearing my parents is the beginning of parenting. You say, well, Lynn, I, wait, wait, wait. I, man, I, I'm not sure that I ever wanted my child to fear me. Then your child will never land honor. Because the beginning of understanding, you ready? The beginning of understanding is to fear the Lord. And it's simply this. It's to fear the consequence. It says, look, I get it. When I disobey, I get spanked. <laughs> if, if I do wrong, something happens as a result of my wrong. But let's talk about what happens when you and I don't land this conversation with our kids. You and I become threatening, repeating parents. Now, none of us have ever done this, but we've all stood in line behind a threatening, repeating parent. It's that moment in line when they're pushing the cart through, and there's mommy there, and the little kid says, I want a pack of gum! And mom says, no, 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 Tommy, we're not going to buy you a pack of gum. Ah! And then mommy says, no, Tommy, we don't have money today, we're not going to buy you a pack of gum. Ah! Tommy, I'm going to count to five. And you've got to stop screaming. One, two. Hey, how long is Tommy going to keep screaming? Right up to five. Which means mom's going to get absolutely terrified on the journey, and it's going to go three, three and a half, three and three quarters. Because we're... Here's what little Tommy has learned. I can blackmail mom. And, and truth be told, yesterday I was able to disobey mom seven times. Today, I'm shooting for nine. And, and you realize that when you and I become a threatening, repeating parent, notice what we say is, look, 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 I'm going to threaten you, I'm going to tell you that you have to stop, but I'm never, ever going to back it up that every day then becomes a contest between us and our children. 
And every day they're hoping to move out the marker one more. They're hoping that yesterday was seven, today's nine, and tomorrow's 11. And then you and I come up on a day when we're tired in the morning and we're going, man, I just don't have the patience to do this. And all of a sudden today you only get five chances. And now all of a sudden our child is confused out of their mind, goes, wait, 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 wait. Yesterday was nine. We're supposed to be working on 11. How did it end up being five? You, you get that this is an absolutely confusing way to grow up as a child. And it sets you and I absolutely at war with our children because every day they're going to push the limit. But you want to hear something even scarier? It turns our children into gamblers because someday when you and I are not in the room anymore, what you and I have taught them is you can get away with disobedience for a period of time. You just have to not get the parent too ticked off. So what happens in the life of our child after you and I are gone and now it's between them and God? And here's what they learned in our home. On certain days you can disobey nine times and on certain days you can only disobey five times but on other days you can disobey 11 times. How do you think that relationship with God's gonna go? And how confused and how frustrated do you think they're gonna be with God when God finally brings the spanking? And how deeply and how profoundly have you and I taught our children to dishonor us and one day dishonor Him? How many times do my kids get to disobey this before it hurts? No wonder, no, get, get, get. no wonder God said the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord. It's simply to say this, look, Every time I disobey, something happens. There's a consequence to disobedience. You ready? Disobedience isn't worth it. You and I want our children growing up and saying, look, 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 I'm the kid that every time I get jaywalked gets arrested. I don't know what it is, but every time I disobey, I end up with consequence. Which simply means this that one of the first steps in teaching our children honor is to teach them first-time obedience. Mom and dad said no. The answer is no. And if you willingly go and do that, there'll be a spanking. Because someday when I hand them off to God, I want them to say to God, God, I get it. You said no, which means the answer is no. And if I disobey, I know what's next. The fear of the Lord, the fear of mom and dad, is the beginning of wisdom. But you guys get that's, that's a beginning. That you can't leave it there. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. There, there comes a point when spanking is no longer an effective parenting tool. Uh, your kid gets to be 23, spankings don't work. Uh, I remember when I got to sixth grade, uh, my, I don't even remember what I did. I just remember going up into my mom's room. She said, Lynn, you know, lean over my knee. And my mom hit as hard as she could hit. Sixth grade, I laughed. 
My mom came to a sudden realization and said, well, I guess we're done with that, aren't we? And, and you get that if our kids haven't learned about decision and consequence here, spanking becomes really ineffective. Consequence becomes very abstract. There comes a point where it's no longer fearing consequence, but what you and I are looking for, you ready? The next step in honoring, the next place you and I want to take the hearts of our children, fearing disappointment. That, that your, your kids would say, look, 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 I'm not going to do that because I think mom and dad are going to spank me if I do it. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for that. They couldn't spank me hard. They couldn't take my iPod away enough. It, I'm not, I'm not going to be obedient right now simply because I'm fearful about a spanking. I'm going to be obedient right now. You ready? I'm going to be obedient right now because I don't want to see that look of disappointment in my parents' eyes. I'm 16 years old, and I was going to a little Baptist church, and they didn't have enough workers, so they let me teach junior boys Sunday school. So one Sunday, I'm up there, and I'm teaching away, and I'm going crazy on the lesson, which in Baptist circles means I'm slobbering a lot. And uh, it just so happens at a key opportune time in the lesson, I look out and see one of the little 10-year-olds, and I go, you know what? I know his story. I know what's just happened. His story fits the lesson perfect. And so I proceeded in front of the entire room, in front of all of his peers, to tell his story, which absolutely embarrassed him. He was devastated. My Sunday school teacher told my secrets. He went home that day and in tears told his parents what I had done who then called the pastor. The pastor came to me and said, Lynn, did, did you really do this in class? Did you take that little boy's story and tell it in front of everybody? And in that moment, I lied. I said, no, I didn't do that. He, he must have misunderstood. I, I wouldn't do that. I wish you could have seen the look in my pastor's eyes. He knew I was lying. I knew I was lying. And I left the room. And can I tell you that that look, what I saw in his face that day, haunted me until I got down on my knees and said, God, I will never, never, never again lie to get out of trouble. See, the next step in honor, the next step in parenting is the fear of disappointing mom and dad. That you and I instill in the hearts of our children, no, 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 this is, I'm, not, I'm not doing the right thing because I'm afraid I'll get a spanking. I, they, they couldn't ground me long enough. No, 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 what I fear 
is seeing that look of disappointment in the eyes of my parents. Because, because, because someday, someday your 16-year-old daughter is going to be in the backseat of a car with a 16-year-old boy who she thinks she loves. And he's going to say to her, hey, 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 this is lifelong, and I'm going to be here forever, and we're going to end up married, and if you love me, then you'll let me. And you won't be there. There won't won't be any spanking you can do that's bigger than that moment. And here's how you want your 16-year-old daughter to answer. I can't. I mean, I may want to, and I think I love you too, but if I were to do that, I'd rip the heart out of my father. I, I would so disappoint my mother, and I fear that more than I fear you breaking up with me. It's honor. It's honor. It's honor. And how amazing, how amazing as a parent as you hand that child off to God someday to have them say, no, 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 no. You want to know why? You want to know why I'm going to obey that scripture? You, you want to know why despite what all the kids are doing at college? and Because and, I would never want to disappoint my Lord. Fear of consequence, fear of disappointment. There's a third level. There's a third moment. And remember we said the, the greatest moment in the life of a parent is, is when all of a sudden you've got a young person who's functioning on their own, who the training wheels are off, and you can let go that back seat of the bike and say they're, they're ready. They, they, can, they can do this. You know what this is? It's a desire for approval. This is, this is when your young person says, no, 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 I know whose heart it is that I'm supposed to please, and it's mom and dad. And, and, and that's what's going to keep me on course, and that's why I'm not going to go to some of those parties when I'm away from home, and they'll never know. Because I want to be able to go back to mom and dad and say, I did this well. And the greatest joy of my life would be to see the twinkle in their eyes. See, I'm, I, I'm not just doing this because I'm afraid of what might happen. I'm doing, I'm going to live well to make it happen. I'm nine years old and I'm working for my uncle who happens to own a professional lawn service which simply is uh, fancy for we mowed grass. And uh, uh, I'd go in the summers and I would work on his crew. Everybody else on the van was older than me. Matter of fact, almost everybody else were grown men on the van. But something in my heart as a nine-year-old, because my uncle had kind of invested in my life and been kind of the man in which I modeled after, I desired more than anything else to get his approval, for him to say, hey, Lynn, you're a man. You're, 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 you're doing what a young man ought to do. That, no one else could have said it and have been as powerful in my life. 
So here's what I did. I, I would, we would be out mowing lawns in Arizona, 116 degree temperature. I would be the first guy to jump out of the van. I'd fuel up my lawnmower because, of course, being the nine-year-old, I had the worst job of everybody. And then I would jump behind that professional lawnmower and run. And when I say run, I would run across the yards. Because although I had the worst job and although I had the longest job, my heart was to get my job done before everybody else and then go help the full-grown men finish their job for one purpose. That when I sat in that van... I would see the twinkle in my uncle's eye. <laughs> How powerful. How powerful to hand off to God a child who will run through life to see the twinkle in his eye. It's honor. It's honor. Fear of discipline. Fear of disappointment, the ache to be approved. What does that look like? Where, how do you and I land this? And guys, I, just, I, think, I think for many of us, it starts right here. This is, some of us need to say to our children, hey, look, I, up until now, you had nine chance days. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna change things. We're going to go to first-time obedience. I'm, I'm going to ask you to simply honor me because of the fact that I'm your parent, and if I say so, first-time obedience. Because somewhere God's going to ask you for first-time obedience. You're going to learn it at home. It'll change. Uh, your kids will go to war with you for the next three weeks, but they'll be different after that. And you will have taken your first step in teaching honor. Here's the second shoe. What we do is better caught than taught. And so I'm going to ask you that if you've got a difficult leader in your life, if you've got someone that God has placed there, that you go, man, I don't understand my boss. I don't get my husband. My wife is a real piece of work. I'm going to ask you to live with honor that our kids would see you and me model it in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we simply come before you this morning. And somewhere in the, in the process of trying to be a really cool parent or be a friend to our children, we may have forgotten to ask for honor. That, that simply the fact that I am your father, simply the fact that I am your mother requires honor so that one day we could hand off our children to you and say, our children are honorable. They fear the Lord, but more than that, they ache to please him. Honor. Honor. So God, we, we even invite you to take us in the toughest moments of our life, the moments in which we feel the least honorable. And we simply pledge this morning to model this in front of our children, that husbands in this room would honor 
their wives, that they would have no problem saying to their children, your mom said it. She's your mom. Your dad may be wrong, but he's your dad. Show him honor. That one day, one day we pass that honor off to you. Give us the courage to require honor. In Jesus' precious name.